Why should we get a COVID-19 vaccine? First, to protect our health. Vaccines are safe and effective at preventing severe disease and death from COVID-19. Also, the impact of vaccines on the transmission of the virus is being studied. Meanwhile, we already have powerful reasons to get vaccinated for our own good and for the good of others. Second, we should get vaccinated for our community's health. Our health systems are overwhelmed treating COVID-19 cases. By getting vaccinated, fewer of us will need medical care or hospitalizations from this disease. This promotes the health of our communities by allowing other healthcare issues that are being postponed to be addressed, such as care for chronic diseases. Third, we should get vaccinated for our community's well-being. COVID-19 has also caused poverty and unemployment and has generated an economic and social crisis. Vaccines will allow us to reactivate our economies gradually and to go back to the social interactions that we miss so much. The more people are vaccinated, the sooner we will be able to safely carry out the activities we had to drastically limit and that are key to the well-being of our communities. Some achievements will only be possible if we all cooperate. Health emergencies test our ability to help one another and act for the health and well-being of our communities. We all have the moral duty to get vaccinated against COVID-19 as soon as it is available to us and to follow public health measures to end the pandemic soon. The fight against COVID-19 depends on everyone. KYBN Manila, Philippines. The time is now. The place is here. We're going to have a little talk. It's just chat with Bree. Right now on KYBN Radio. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and the host alone and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the KYBN Radio Network. Due to its content, viewer discretion is advised. Good afternoon or good evening and welcome to today's Indie Spotlight. I have a treat for you guys today. You know, I always fuss at young people because they don't understand the importance of good music. This young man comes from not only good music, great music. He comes from a legend and he is in the process of making his own statement as his own legend. This morning, I'd like you all to welcome Mr. David Ruffin, Jr. Good morning. How are you? I am blessed, favored. Thank you for that. And yourself? I am sweepy, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm always sleepy <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> I am always sleepy in the morning. Thank you for having me so early. Oh, my goodness. It's my pleasure. It's definitely my pleasure. We're going to start a little bit at the beginning, and we're going to inch our way forward. Gotcha. Your name by itself, 
makes people turn, at least if they're in my age bracket, um, I would say my children's age bracket, that name makes people stop and say, I know that name. How hard is it for you to be independent having that name? Hmm. Well, I would love to say I'm taller, darker, and handsomer, but I can only say I'm taller and handsomer. It's pretty um, give and take. It's pretty push and pull. It's a roller coaster in itself. Um, there are platforms because I'm connected to hip-hop history as well as the default R&B, early soul and pop history of The Temptations, but I've made some of my own strides in the music industry. So I do have to consider both. And it all started from me carrying the torch for my father. So everything that comes after that is a little bit more of a bonus because it's where I get to be creative with my ideas. But because I've learned over time that, and because I listen to the people and the artists out there performing, I've learned over time that I not only have to carry the torch, I have to bear it as well. So I've embraced wholeheartedly what energies, characteristics, and audible familiarities that the public have for me in comparison to my father. So now, at this point in my life, I thought and I think that I've established myself as myself, DRJ, and previously was D. Ruff. I wasn't professionally using David Ruffin Jr. so that I could be identified for my own offerings, gifts, and talents. But once I was cast for a national play and I told them, well, I want to use D. Ruff, and they said, well, we're sorry. <laughs> That's not going to attract anybody on the moniker. So... If you don't want to use David Ruffin Jr., unfortunately, we don't want to do this. And I was like, oh, 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 don't worry about it. And at the time, that was like 15 years ago, and they were offering me $1,300 uh, a week. So, of course, I was like, oh, later for D. Ruff. I'm David Ruffin Jr. I might as well accept and hold and receive who I am. So I know that was a very long-winded answer. However, it was a good question, um, one that I hadn't heard quite worded that way. So I hope it makes a little bit of sense and that you can find something worth grasping on to or tangible in all. That was awesome. That was awesome. So for the listeners, our young people who are like, what, what, what are we doing here? This is David Ruffin Jr. from David Ruffin Sr., obviously, of The Mighty Temptations. We're not going to talk about The Temptations. We're going to talk about you. As a celebrity child growing up, do you feel like you were able to carve your own musical path because you have an awesome voice? Yes, I do. I won't make this a long-winded answer because if, you, if the listeners in particular listen back to this again, there'll be a little bit of those answers in this question. But I'll say mainly because of my range. Um, my father had a lot of range. But I think I have a little bit more to 
offer because although he and I are not parallel, I can never reach some of the notes that he's he's done in his career, recorded even. What I was before a vocalist was a writer, and I was a poet and a DJ and a rapper, all within a six to eight year span. So I I also had a little bit of a head start there in making my own way and finding my own identity. Huh, I didn't want to be a singer. I couldn't stand the fact that my father was an entertainer and everybody he hung out with that I called uncle was an entertainer and everybody was always there and then gone and then when they were there it was too much noise or too much madness or too much they were just annoying I didn't want to do that and I did my best to not I, I the, the DJ thing caught me by surprise because that was my gateway it was I was a little bit of a poet and a little bit of a I drew a bit but the music thing I was trying to do sport I was trying to be a professional football player I was trying to be a, a, an athlete trying to get in the Olympics as a track star I was I was that guy I was not trying to do anything with music but it happened and then when my father passed away all of the things that I learned or how I had created or sculpted my own path and my own sound and my own music and my own words they took on a new character. It took a new ownership when my father passed away. And then so I kind of just was like, okay, it's an automatic switch. My father doesn't have any other sons. He's got daughters for days. No sons. I got to step up. I'm the youngest. Don't know what I'm doing, but here goes nothing. And that's what it's been. There before the grace of God go I. This adult thing is overrated, but I'm doing okay, even as myself. DRJ. You are doing way more than okay. We're going to go to a brief break, and we're going to come back with more of David Ruffin Jr. I don't think I want to look into her eyes. She would do so. But she sure gives it one hell of a try I never knew something could be wrong with Something could be wrong Believe falling in love is one All she ever seems to do is give me Sacrifice for this woman 
anywhere because there's more just chat with Bree to come. station heard around the world in the spotlight with the talented David Ruffin Jr. So on our last segment, you said you had other aspirations of things you wanted to do. So for the listeners who don't know, I believe you wrote quite an infamous hook for a very popular young uh, group. Would you like to talk to us about that? Well, I think I know which one you're hinting to because over the time of the span of the last 30 years, I guess even a little longer than that, that I've been writing things, um, I wrote and sang a hook for Snoop Dogg by the title of Gin and Juice. And of course, I did other things on that album as well, but that's the one that made the most uh, traction, and that's the one that made it up to charts. And that's the one I feel totally responsible for because I know, and the people who were there know, had it not been for me exclusively, that song would not be in existence today. I wouldn't have even created it later because it was created because of the moment that I was in. And that moment was about a two or three month moment where I was hanging out with, with three, pe- four people who were becoming and or already stars. Or as I was concerned, because I was hanging out with Dr. Dre and Warren G and DOC, I had already been fans of their music. So I knew who 
Snoop was, of course, but he was a new artist to me. And I was trying to figure out if I, you know, even liked what he was doing. Well, it turns out I pretty much liked what everybody was doing because I went out there with one of Detroit's finest bass players and band leaders. Um, Tony Green and he took we went there together and he took his base and he was managing me at the time and um, after uh, we went to a nightclub out in California the third week there I'm sorry the first week there he and I went to a club we went out to network in CLA. You know, it was just the two of us. Well, we were at this spot called the Palladium, and it was beautiful. And we were up on the on the, uh, the second level, just looking down at stuff. Like, wow, this is really awesome, LA. Wow, no, we're just Detroiters. And although I had been in LA, I had never seen the nightlife before. So I was like, wow, this is crazy. I'm gonna go to the bathroom, bro. He's like, okay. I went to the bathroom, and in the bathroom were three people. DLC, Warren G, and Snoop Dogg. And when I walked in, I saw Snoop Dogg and Warren G, and I heard DLC in the stall talking. And everybody knows in hip-hop when DLC speaks who that is, because his, his trachea is jacked up from a car accident. So, um, I actually, really funny, right? I went into the bathroom because I busted in the door, and I stood there, and I saw them, and I froze literally for about two whole seconds. And I turned my head towards the door, and then my body turns towards the door and went right back out. And I went to my manager and I said, hey, man, Snoop Dogg, Warren G, and DLC are in the bathroom. And he was like, get out of here. And I was like, yeah, they are. Go talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think happened? Hmm. What do you think I, happened there? I, I, I think something magical happened because I know gin and juice. And, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be that old person, but I know that. My mind on my money and my money on my mind. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what happened. He said, uh-uh, I'm not going in there and talking to them. They're your age. You go talk to them. That's your music. You show me this stuff. I was like, are you serious? He was like, man, better hurry up. <laughs> so I went right back in there. And I was like, this is hella awkward, fellas. <laughs> but I just got in town, and I'm David Ruffin Jr., and I'm trying to work with y'all. And they all looked at each other and laughed and said, follow us down here. And we followed him down there to the bar. Warren G gave me his phone number. And he said, give me a call. I called him the next day. He had myself and my buddy who also drove out there with us, a cat named David Dozier, T. Green from here from Detroit, all of us who drove there. We went to the studio. Three weeks later, we were officially a part of the Death Row camp and helped make a whole bunch of hits, some of them that songs that you, the world's never heard, I hope. Snoop just acquired Death Row Records. I don't know how many of the Rios and Masters that he got. If he can remember, there's a whole lot of artists on a lot of Death Row music reels that don't make music anymore for whatever reason or have changed their whole approach to it. That would be so incredible and worth hearing, including my voice. But um, yeah, Gin and Juice, the shiznit. da 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 yeah, that. And there's some other songs that, you know, I did that I don't want to repeat them, the titles of, because I was young at the time. It's not something that I do now. I make grown and sexy music. And at the time, I just was glad to be a part of something fantastic. And I did whatever was needed to be done. It wasn't necessarily my mindset, but um, in, in, the, in the midst of being creative, you kind of don't have very many barriers so it is what it is and i'm glad i did it that's my story and i'm sticking to it <laughs> and i'm glad you did it as well we're gonna go to a break 
But, little unknown fact, uh, as we go into the break, your dad did not really like the idea of you doing hip-hop, did he? He actually hated it. He was like, nope. A year before he died, he told me, I'm not helping you with that crap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners. We're going to go to a brief break. And For your double time Here to be a comfort in your tough times I have compassion for your troubled mind And here to hold it down for the front line Hey, you're my sunshine, baby Doesn't for your double time Here to be a comfort in your tough times I have compassion for your troubled mind And here to hold it down for the front line Hey, you're my sunshine, baby Coming through on a cloudy day It's not just sunshine, baby It seems you have found a way To keep a smile up on my face There's not much you have to say
the best, best new music. Cool 105. Mr. David Ruffin Jr. We were talking about your dad and hip-hop music. You have already stated that you had different things and different directions that you wanted to go. With, with dad saying, don't, I'm not helping you with that, what was your determining factor that you would be successful with that and you would still pursue what you wanted to do? Okay, that's a good, that's a good one. So what I didn't know then, and I do know now, and in an effort to sharpen all of the iron that I can, being iron, which starts with my friends and then it went into my children, and so forth and so on, nieces and nephews, is that you don't know what you don't know, okay? And that's all right. If you do know what you do know about yourself, you'll stay true to yourself regardless of what it looks like on the outside. So I say that to say this. My father said, I'm not helping you with that crap. He literally called it a uh, hippity-bippity. <laughs> Okay. I was like, I was like, but Pop, it's now, it's what's happening. He was like, but I'm David Ruffin. If you want to sing, I'm going to help you. If you want to do that, I'm, I don't want nothing to do with it. it it's a trend, son. It's going to go away. I was like, okay. Firstly, there's the part of any son or even daughter that wants to not only do what your parents say, but what your parents suggest, um, in addition to wanting to make them proud. So... Because I've grown up not being around my father as much as I wanted to, I was like, this will give me an opportunity to be around him more again. Because I've toured with him. I've, you know, we lived in the same house. We grew up, I mean, yeah, we grew up together <laughs> um, in the same home, m multiple different places uh, inside and around Detroit, but mainly on Parkside. I... I knew that if I would listen, that at some point, whether it was in his company or not, I'd be able to do what I believed in. I didn't have to extinguish that, put that flame out. I just had to let it burn like a pilot. That's fine. My father wanted me to follow in his footsteps. Of course I wanted to do that. Was it a, a dilemma of following his footsteps or start my own? No. It's really, at the end of the day, it's not. I'll do this. It's kind of like a lot of artists today or throughout history. Their first record deals aren't necessarily the music that they want to do, but it's the music that the record label is expecting. And then later on down the line, when they've gotten out of that deal or they've increased their power in the deal, they start doing the music they want. So I knew at some point I'd be able to do my thing. At the same time, I wanted to learn. At the same time, I wanted to be with my father. At the same time, I wanted to travel with him, wanted to be in the studio with him. So it was a good idea. And what it did do was bring us closer. Of course, he was excited. I was like, Pop, so let me tell you how, this, how this, that transition went. From the conversation where he was like, no, to almost a year later, when two of the three songs that I played for him over the phone were the songs that I played for him before. But the songs that I played for him before were me rapping. What I had done was found some different music, eliminated some words, and turned those songs into singing toned those raps into R&B songs, and he liked all of them over the phone. And he was like, that's what I'm talking about. That's more like it. I'll be home in two weeks. As soon as I get back, I'm sent for you. You come to the studio, come to the crib. We're going to get busy. I'm really excited. This is great. Thank you. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
that's what I wanted to hear. This is the reaction I wanted. And then, sadly, unfortunately, the, the most in, in, the most incredible thing happened. Uh, he was called. He was called. Uh, called him within two weeks of that conversation. Almost two weeks to the day. Wow. wow. He passed. So that really, 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 really jacked me up. And my first inclination was to be like, I knew it. You know what? Later for this, I'm going back to what I do and what I love. But then... I had to come home because I was in uh, on the East Coast. I was in Connecticut. I had to come home to bury my father. And when I came home to bury my father, everybody, in one way or another with words or a look in their eye, gave me the impression or, or the branding that I hope you, you know, carry this torch. And I might have put all of that on myself. But at the time, it felt like a whole tribe. So I stuck with it. I went back. And, I, and mentally, I never really left it physically. Nobody knew I was thinking I'm later for that but no i was like okay i'm gonna do this and i moved back to detroit and i didn't want to be in detroit because i was just you know i, I had left to, to go to school you know just get away from the tr detroit culture and learn some other things and see some other people and it was fun and it was fine and it was dandy but i had to come home and i felt like i had a responsibility so for the first three months of, i got back well i didn't go back for three months i was here just depressed then i got my mind together snapped out of it went to connecticut got all my stuff, came back here, and got a job, uh, became the manager of an apartment complex, started doing my music, met a guy named Tony Green through one of my tenants. I was fixing her sink. <laughs> I was fixing her sink. Uh, yeah, I did all the general maintenance. And she said, you know, I hear you singing and stuff. You know, I know a guy. And I was like, who's that? She said, he works with the dramatics. His name's Tony Green. I would like to introduce you. His name's Barbara. I'll never forget. And she's, I said, okay. Then we met. He introduced me to the Dramatics. I went on the road. The Dramatics opened for them after he recorded three songs on me. They were like, David Jr., you're the bomb, and your father would love for us to have you with us. Ron Banks was my godfather, so he was like, there's no question. You know, LJ wasn't with, super with it at first, but he was outnumbered by Willie Ford and everybody else. So, uh, Lenny, and so I went, and he grew to love me, too. I opened for the Dramatics. We went to L.A. We toured everywhere. It was really awesome, and that's what made me know that I was within, I was within a boundary of music where I could be two things. And to this day, I'm still doing that. I still am what people have said a big part of hip-hop. I know that on VH1, Gin and Juice made it to number eight all-time, all-time music hip-hop. So I feel validated in that. Although I didn't get my credits, although I didn't get paid, although I've had two attorneys, one murdered and one paid off, I still feel good about what I did and how I contributed. And I know that my father knows that I've left enough of our voice and our blood and our expression for him to be proud of and for me to be proud of for my three sons. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And proud of you, I know he is. Listeners, we're going to go to a brief break, and we're going to come back with more of David
not that I don't love you You know how much I do <laughs> And it's not that I found someone To take the place of you It's just a fear that builds within me Every time you touch my hand That even I don't understand So I'm leaving
Here's what happens. They come to your house. Or is that weird? Then there's a test drive. They can't go alone. You won't see your car again. Next there's the money. Is a cheque okay? Will it bounce? Probably best to get a banker's draft. Whatever that is. <sighs> Why would you bother? For a fast, safe and easy sale, make an appointment now. The UK's favourite specialist car buyer. Great Britain only. Transaction fee from 49.99 may apply. KYBN, your one-stop shop. Listening pleasure. 24 hours, 7 days a week. <laughs> with a talented Mr. David Ruffin Jr. We've heard a story that I'm sure has intrigued everyone because, you know, it's things that you just can't Google and, and find. I would like to go backward just for a brief moment to your childhood. And I'd like to know, growing up surrounded by the Temptations and all other type of musical artists, um, as you mentioned, like the dramatics and stuff, initially people would think, oh, he grew up in a musical family. That was just an automatic way for him to go. But you did date that you wanted to play sports and you wanted to go in different directions. What was that pivotal moment that music just had to be it and you let the sports go and you you went the direction of the music? Here's going to be the shortest answer in the world, something that you're going to hate, but watch this. House music, that's mm -hmm. the answer to your question. House music is really what Detroit's own house music is what really made me know that I actually was fighting what I was supposed to do and what I was supposed to be because that's what made me become a DJ was house music and because I was kind of into R&D and I was kind of into pop a little bit I found ways to mix those music in to a session and or to at a party which was just the same thing that I was trying to do and discover about myself and the two different genres of music that I was a part of. So that was like I related myself to being two different bindles of wax on turntables like I can do. And then once I saw a DJ have three turntables on a, a deck and then four turntables on a deck, it wasn't a green light for me to be like, well, I'm going to do all that. It just was confirmation that I could do more than one thing and I don't have to be considered ADD. <laughs> I could just be creative and I can just be an artist and that's okay. You know, being an artist of any type is a, it's for the most part, just like athlete, it's a struggle till you make it. And then again, what is making it? What does that look like? What does that consist of? For so many people, it's so different. But for me, I mean, I've made it. I've made a lot of music over the years, and some of it's out there, and some of it isn't. I have way more music that I haven't released than I have, and it shouldn't be that way. I think I've been really um, a little insecure and or my worst critic. Because when I play my music for my friends, they're like, well, you know, what are you waiting for? 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 This is ridiculous. I mean, you're, 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 you're expecting the same result. You keep running around back making another another hit. But what, what about that one? No, so, I mean, I've made all types of music. 
house music, hip-hop. I write country. I can sing all different types of music. I enjoy all different types of music, eclectic, pop, R&B, soul, neo, whatever. I'm just a writer first. That's what I am first. And the fact that I'm a writer first makes any other demographic that I choose that needs some words behind it. That's music. That's literature, that's screenplays, that's an article, whatever. I enjoy writing. And the fact that I sing, I'm not a singer. I don't think so. Everybody can sing. You understand me? Right. People say, I wish I, I wish I could sing like you. And I tell them, no, they say, I wish I could sing. I say, you can. You do. No, no, no. Yes, you do. Everybody, all of you, listeners, everybody, stop saying that. You can sing. Let's keep it transparent and 100. It's just about perhaps maybe how well, <laughs> but you can sing. But you can sing. And I know that I can sing. I just so happen to be able to to compose different sounds behind the words that I, when I write, see, when I wrote songs for other artists, they wouldn't transpose it correctly. And producers would be like, will you show them? Will you cover it? And I'll cover it. And then more times than not, they'd be like, listen, we're just going to leave you on it. Oh, oh. It's not my song, and I'm the, well. You know, it is now. <laughs> so I mean, I'm I'm pretty lucky that you know my artistry and the gift that I do have, I've allowed to to manifest and to sprout and to grow into what it has. And I feel like the more people that receive it and the more people that appreciate it, it's like water for me. That just means I'm gonna do more. Um, the more it's received, the more I'm excited to do it. And because I have so much music to sit in on a hard drive, you know, I plan to deliver a lot really quickly. I'm going to release another single, which I just did a month ago, called Time of My Life. I released one a year and a half ago called Cry, Cry, Cry. I'm releasing another one here in about 90 days, followed by a whole album by my birthday, July 1st. I have a video debuting sometime this week called Time of My Life. I'm trying to stay busy. I also enjoy voice work, voiceover work. I also enjoy actual acting. I've gotten a role in the Bridget Harris story as one of her attorneys. I've already shot one of the scenes earlier this year, January, and we're picking up production again uh, in April. I'm also a part of a group of young men who are all offspring of Temptations. That would be Melvin Franklin Jr., Glenn Leonard Jr., Paul Williams Jr., C.J. Jefferson, which is Dennis Edwards, Godson, and myself, Sons of Motown. Our first show is March 26th of this year. Got a lot going on, but I'm feeling like I've waited so long for all of this to happen that I've turned myself into an, a robot. You're not really actually interviewing me. Um, you're interviewing my clone, my AI. <laughs> <laughs> and that being said, listeners, we have come to that time of the day where we are at the end of of our show. So guess what? You're going to have to tune in tomorrow to hear the conclusion of the David Ruffin Jr. story. This is something you don't want to miss. So I greatly appreciate you being here with me today. And I'm so excited that we get to finish up tomorrow and learn your story. So I say thank you for participating. Listeners, we got to go. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, y'all. <laughs>
is KYBN Studio One World Advantage Network, and we invite you to join our radio station live by going to our webpage at www.kybnradio.com or listen to us on your smartphone, iPad, or tablet by downloading our mobile app and looking for KYBN Studio One World Advantage Network, the radio station heard around the world, bringing you great entertainment for your listening pleasure 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Come on and join us now. 